It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Howdy. Uh, It is the Thursday Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, I was just walking around outside about 30 minutes ago, Ben. Feels like spring. Feels great. You know what it reminds me of? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Hit it. Oh, no. Hit it. Do I gotta? Yeah. Right around the corner. Boys of summer. See, now I would have played Boys of Summer. So coming up on... uh, Monday, we're going to have Pirate Baseball Media Day. We're going to be there, uh, follow our social media for live coverage, videos, photos, quotes, notables and quotables. Our entire crew and uh, some others will be there. And you know what else we're going to be doing, uh, Ben? What's that? Uh, We're going to be recapping the whole damn thing (laughs) Monday here on the Patrick Johnson Show. So there you go. Uh, Ben B-Baby Byram, producing today's show. Hey, Ben. I'm here. Uh, We got intern Dom. Good. We got intern Dom in the house. What's up, Patrick? Hey, Dom. How are you? I'm doing great this morning, or this afternoon. How are you doing? Okay. It's probably morning for Dom. Talk right into that mic, Dom. Yes, Dom. Talk right into the mic. You almost have to kiss it. All right. Getting used to it now. Get up on it, Dom. Kiss it like Ben was kissing the ladies last night. Oh, he definitely yeah. about oh, on the geez. town. I heard all about it. <laughs> didn't, we didn't quite get too. to that point. Yeah, I I've heard all about this. Too. I heard Ben had quite Ben, who was you know a little, little lackadaisical maybe yesterday, a little dis, <laughs> dismayed perhaps yesterday. Went out and had about? himself a time on the town. What are you talking had about? I had to deal town. with some very. No, stuff, I know yeah. you were a little you were a little agitated, but I, you went out and blew off some steam, and that's good. You need to do that, Ben. You're young. He seems great today. So, no, he seems very excited today. Hey, I'm Good I'm just done. glad I got I got it over with last night. Not the going out, but the the basketball game. All the stuff leading up to it. It was a mess. Hey, 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 hey! It's not your fault. Yeah, yeah. Not, it's any, not, not anybody. Yeah. It was the un, the uncontrollables. What happened? All to right, brotherly um, love. I thought that was the city of brotherly <laughs> love. There. You know, I don't ever want to get into stuff about, you know, uh, our brethren in the business and fellow announcers. And uh, I just, I've just never been one to tear down other announcers. Yeah. Do I think other announcers or other hosts stink? Yes. Of there's course guys I do. at the I'm highest human. level that stink. Oh, there's some of the guys at the highest level that stink. And you wonder who do they got pictures of with a fl- fluorescent goat? That's what you wonder. But you know, you you I, I look at this Ben and here's what I see. If you want if I'm being completely honest. Okay. Uh the guy who Ed Donahue, was that the guy's name? Donahue was the guy that did the game last night on Plus, right? Yes, yes. I believe What's his so. last name? Not not Donahue from the eighties and nineties talk show, but a guy was like that an Harry old Harry Donahue. Dude. 
something like that. He yeah. looked like Mr. Burns. He looked like Mr. Burns <laughs> from The Simpsons is what he looked like. I mean, he did a fine job. I'm not. He just he looked like Mr. Burns. It was, it was uh, kind of interesting last night there on the, on the plus. All right. Uh, so the Pirates lose. We'll get into that with our Pirate Report. Uh, Pirates on the hardwood at home with women's basketball one. Kim McNeil's going to join us a little later in the show, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, they are uh, right now third place in the American. How about that, Ben? How about that? I'm excited. I'm happy for. Yeah. No, I am too. That's my girl so we're right going there. to we're going to talk. Whoa, wait a minute. You know she's married. We're going to talk to uh, Coach McNeil coming up, and uh, we're going to talk with. Um, we're going to play some uh, cuts from uh, Coach Schwartz's post uh, game on the network uh, here in a little bit as well. The other thing, Ben, and you've got uh, this lined up for us, uh, stand by to dial. We're going to give away a family four-pack of basketball tickets to the game Tuesday as ECU will host uh, Tulsa. But we're also going to give away a four-pack of tickets to the next Pirate women's home game, which will be next Wednesday at 6 o'clock when uh, they play Memphis. So uh, stand by to dial for that. And... If that's not enough, because we're givers here, we're not takers, we're givers, we are uh, going to uh, give away a uh, $25 Chico's Mexican Restaurant gift card. Chica's, we're going to give that away, uh, is in a huge prize pack. Huge prize pack. What is going on, Ben? It seems like there's a lot happening. Oh, do you hear some stuff in the background? Yeah, I'm hearing some things. What's happening? Dom, I'm, turn Jersey I... Shore down over there. Man, I didn't have. This are you on. serious, Dom? Get the white remote it, and turn it this down. Is Dom, what are you I, serious? I came in here and this is how it was, and this remote is not working. Uh oh, Ronnie's works. getting into a fight. This, Ronnie this remote always gets is not into a working. fight. I don't like Ronnie. Ronnie he's a always... juice head. All right, he's a major belong. juice head. He I doesn't belong in the group. You know, I I think of all the people, Ronnie would be the one that I can tolerate the most. He, you know. Uh, obviously, the what is it? The situation? He's intolerable. Yeah, I don't like him. I like Paulie D. He just likes to have a fun time. Nah, he's the guy's a DJ and he's got the hair and he colors it. And I mean, just give up, dude. He's having fun and, time. And then, the, well, that's fine. That he never caused any problems. You know, it doesn't. I see. I just don't like the hair. That's yeah. That you yeah. Know. That's his look, though. That's his look. Well, we all got to have a look. All right. Um. Yeah, take care of that, Dom. Get on oh, that. It's off. It's off. He took care of it. That right. was not his fault. Somebody in there already had that on and just left it going. Is this a Clark thing? Is Clark is Clark a closet? No, that was actually your boy Cookie right there. He loves Jersey Shore. I can and he see left that. It on. Yeah. <laughs> G- little GTL in Cookie's life. Is that what's going on? Yeah. It's probably you know, like, I noticed probably like looking Cookie in the mirror and- for him. I never see Ben or Cookie, but they're always around. I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah, we're always just here. I got to get a hold of this. Okay. <laughs> so uh, today was the day, Benjamin, that your Carolina Panthers were uh, interviewing uh, Sean Payton. In Manhattan. To be the next coach. Yep. David Tepper up to Manhattan to uh, interview. Panthers Wire. How do we feel about Panthers Wire, Ben? Well, it's a, it's a USA Today affiliate, and they usually have some good stuff. Um, they do the – they okay. get – they buy a little bit too much into lists and stuff like that. They clickbaity, like, here's the top three guys we need to sign in the offseason. But other than that, when they do reports, okay. they're pretty dead on and legit, and they credit everybody. So. But they but they do a good job there. No, they okay. do. They Is that do. what it's we're one saying? Of my, it's All one right. of my favorite Panthers outlets for sure. Okay. So Anthony Rizzuti, did I get that right? Rizzuti? Actually, I'm not familiar uh, with that name. 
Never heard okay, that name. Okay, well, he's in my got life. an article. He's got an he's got an article that dropped uh, just about an hour ago, and I read it to you right now. Uh, Panthers owner David Tepper might not see a good deal when it comes to the acquisition of Sean Payton. I did ad lib that uh, first. Uh, that first. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much what on it thir- is. That's what it is. On I Thursday, mean, you got it perfectly. On Thursday, NFL Network insider Tom Policero. Pelissero? Pelissero? Is that it's right, Pelicero, Ben? Do we know him? Isn't it? Pelissero. Okay. Yeah. NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero joined the Rich Eisen show to talk about well, Sean Payton. Uh, he began by pushing back a bit on the notion that Tepper would, quote, do just about anything to reel in the former New Orleans coach. Uh, this is uh, Pelissero. Is that what we said, Ben? Tom Pelissero. On the Rich Eisen show earlier uh, today, I don't know that to be the case regarding the Panthers. Um, I believe David Tepper is someone who is going to be very skeptical of having to give up multiple high draft picks to get a coach on top of paying him top dollar and all the other things that Sean Payton is going to want. Sean's a really good coach. There's a reason that four of the five teams with vacancies uh, put in slips to interview him and currently have permission here but when you're just you're evaluating the different potential landing spots in arizona which the one team that has not of those four scheduled an interview that i'm aware of with sean payton to this point he's going to want to set the personnel operation and the cardinals move to hire a new general manager in bosnia austin for first that does not seem on paper like a situation that sean payton is going to want to get into never say never seeing crazy things happen uh in carolina i just i don't know that it's going to line up with working out the trade there, the TBD. Does Sean Payton want to work in a setup with Nick Casario in Houston? Um, you know, they had a conversation that is certainly still alive. But the one that seems to make the most sense, just logically, is the Broncos. They interviewed him on Tuesday. Uh, he has a, a strong GM there in George Payton, who you know, he probably could work with. Um, that would be an open question about what would happen on the personnel side of things. According to a report by Jeff Duncan of NOLA.com, Saints general manager Mickey Loomis will be looking for at least two first-round picks in exchange for Peyton, who is under contract with New Orleans through the 2024 campaign. Duncan also noted that Peyton is seeking a four-year deal worth anywhere from 20 to $25 million a season. Is he worth that, Ben? No. Absolutely not. Okay. Not okay. in a million years. You know, what he, you know what he's worth? What he can get? Uh, he's worth the That's what he's spit worth. on the sidewalk. I spit, no. I spit in his general direction. But I, I understand this from a couple different – quite now, Dom. I understand this from a couple different perspectives, right? Okay, all right. Uh, one, one being you do not want to give up, if you're Tepper, the draft capital. So I get that. And then I, I don't think you want to give up the draft capital to a division rival, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you're playing. A, this is a losing battle right now. So this pushed back on the report that what was it in the Washington Post that said Tepper would be willing to do about anything to get Peyton. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which seemed a little okay. sus, but you know that's an official well, it outlet. Just seemed, so, well, yeah. I, I, yeah, I thought too, but then I saw it was the Washington Post, and but I thought, what do they know about? Don't they have their own problems in Washington? Yeah. Yeah. Sports, issues. sports and otherwise. We're about to have a new president. To, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. So, but, I mean, so that's I, – I, I don't think they're going there. I, I just – I think the ask is too much. Now, my only qualifier would be if you do get Peyton and you do have to give up the draft capital, then you've got to try to be a, a player in free agency, and Peyton should allow you to do – to do that, I just don't know the situation as far as what they have on on space, cap space, and all that. They're sitting pretty favorably. My problem with the whole Sean Payton issue is Steve Wilkes. I think addressed the number one thing that maybe addressed in Carolina after Ron Rivera and Cam Newton, and when it was all said and done, uh, this team needs to find an identity and a culture. And I heard Greg Olson say that I believe yesterday, and he nailed it. Steve Wilkes, you know, you can say the record's a little overrated with him towards the end or whatever. That's fine, but at least he established an identity and a culture and the players bought in, which we haven't seen in years with the Panthers. Sean Payton is very suspect when it comes to establishing a culture in a locker room. Very gritty, very dirty, very – I mean, we know about Bounty Gate. I don't care what you said. He had something to do with it, absolutely. I don't want that here in Carolina. That's never been us, and that doesn't equate to winning – because, yeah, he won that Super Bowl that year. What has he done since? He's underperformed. Well, they're in the playoffs every year. He, yeah, and they always underperform. They always come up short. They and were at least in the playoffs. What was it's his, hard to win in the playoffs, Ben. Think about this, too. It's hard to win. He doesn't have his okay. quarterback right now. He always had his quarterback in Drew Brees, and when Drew Brees was no longer there, his contingency plan was to give, uh, what's his name, Taysom Hill, that gadget quarterback, a $180 million <laughs> voidable contract. <laughs> So I'm not necessarily <laughs> buying into the fact that Sean Payton's going to find our next quarterback either. So, I mean, he had it pretty much made of Drew Brees for ten years. Who's unless to say he's he get wants that done to, with the Panthers? Unless he wants to come back and coach, he could still return uh, after this season and still be a hot commodity. Yeah, and uh, and still look, I I still think Dallas could very much be in play. I agree. I agree. Uh, that's Talk about a team that's coming up short. You know, Mike McCarthy's always been questioned. I think it's a step up. Sean Payton's a step up for Mike McCarthy for sure, and he's got the uh, familiarity with the organization and Jerry Jones. So it seems like they would want it. That seems like a Jerry Jones move. And I also think um, – I, I, I still think the Chargers, they, they, that situation seems oddly – Oh, yeah, Staley needs to go. There's a lot of smoke there right now, even though they have made – said they're going to make some staff changes. Um, and then, I, you know, if he if he just wants to go ahead and get back in it now, then Denver's, you know, probably the landing spot. Is is Dom – what who's Dom a fan of again? The Vikings. His grandfather was a pro bowler for the Vikings. That's right. Dom, how do you feel about that after? Get right week? up into that mic, Dom. Yeah, I see you doing it. We don't Talk right to, into it, Dom. We don't have to talk about the Vikings anymore. Okay. That was just such All a right. disappointing end to a season. They have a deal with Kirk Cousins right now. What do you do with him? Just ride it out? I think we use him for one more year. Use him in the new system. Yeah, a whole new coaching system. 13-4 uh, and four the first season. Can't be mad at it. Listen to Dom. See, Dom, that was very positive, Ben. You need to, you need to, you need to take a page out of Dom's book. Some people don't uh, like we positivity. Reached out, <laughs> we reached out to uh, Chuck Sullivan with uh, the American today because I saw where the Pac-12 dropped their schedule. Uh, and it's going to be early February at least before the American will release its uh, football schedule for the year. It is complicated by the matter that they have six new teams coming in as well. And I don't mean complicated, but I mean that's just a different thing they're dealing with there. It's a whole different conference now. I mean, yeah. It is. Brand new ball game. All right. Uh, 
We'll play some of the uh, comments, get into ECU's loss at Temple last night. Right now, your chance to win tickets to the next Pirate home basketball game. That'll be coming up on uh, Tuesday when ECU hosts Tulsa. And uh, we'll also give you uh, four tickets to that game. Four tickets also to the women's game. Their next home game on Wednesday when they host Cincinnati. Right now, Kim McNeil's team is uh, at uh, third place in the league. So I can throw some of those in there, too. You. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. yeah. That's what we were going to do. All right. Uh, so we'll get a family four-pack of tickets to the men's game Tuesday, a family four-pack of tickets to the women's game on Wednesday. That game starts at 6, by the way. And a Chico's Mexican Restaurant gift card. Caller 5 at 252-561-GAME. 252-561-4263. You'll be a winner. Tell me, how you going to do it if you really don't want to dance by standing on the wall? Mike Bray calling it a uh, career. Notre Dame's winning as basketball coach will retire at the end of the season. The Irish are bad. And Bray is actually dressed like he's been retired for about four years now. So, Respect to Mike Bray, though. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Chris is our winner from uh, Winterville of the uh, family four-pack of tickets to Pirate Basketball on Tuesday and uh, the women's game on Wednesday and then a Chico's Mexican Restaurant gift card. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm here. How are you? Hey, buddy. I'm well, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. Okay. Well, congratulations on uh, winning. Thank you for listening. Uh, From time to time when we have winners on, we like to let them kind of – Maybe express themselves, ask some questions. You can ask Ben about his night last night. It was quite an evening. Or, uh, you know, anything uh, that you want to ask or make a statement on. It, as long as it's not profane and we don't get sued, uh, the floor is yours here for about 30 seconds. So what do you got? Well, just real quick, I'll just say I'm also uh, not on board with uh, Sean Payton at Carolina. This uh, guy knows. Now, what? what I, what's I, your I'm reservation, I'm kind of a Frank Chris? Wright guy, I think. I, I think he's the – He's the guy for the position right now. I'm not sure Peyton is going to be the right move, but we'll see what this guy with all the money does. That's the – I mean, Tepper's uh, such a wild card, you know. That's that's the deal. I mean, you just just don't know. And I I did – I think it was yesterday, maybe last night, did read where Frank Reich apparently uh, had a really impressive interview. That feels better than the Peyton thing to me. I, I think so, too. I mean, I, he got a raw yeah. deal, obviously, and in Indianapolis, and I think we should pounce on him. Plus, we can't really afford well, he's, to give away picks. No, you can't. And look, he's worked for one lunatic owner, so what's working for another lunatic <laughs> owner, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they're saying And then Ursa's just one other maniac. small thing, I'll just say on the basketball yeah, team front, for all mm-hmm. the fans, um, just give this coach a chance. You know, got a young team out there, and they're playing hard, and if we can keep a couple of those guys out of the portal, I think here, um, maybe even as early as next year, I think you might see um, see a, a big, big change. Yeah, uh, you know, I think so. I mean, obviously, uh, th- there's a chance starting Tuesday to maybe get the, the thing turned around a little bit, but, but the 
the deal is going to be, you know, Javon Small. And it's just what I'm hearing right now is not terribly positive, but we'll see. All right. Uh, as far as Small, maybe yeah. getting back uh, at some point. Okay. Hey, uh, thanks Yeah, and a we lot. can't afford uh, to be without one guy like him. No, you're right. I mean, he does. It's just beyond the scoring. It's just so many other. I mean, yeah. like last night, and we'll, and we'll get into this right now. And thank you, Chris. We appreciate it. Hope to see you out there on Tuesday. Uh, you know, the thing like last night, when the Pirates needed to kind of stymie Temple's momentum, and I'm not even talking about defensively. I'm just talking about, all right, you need a basket. You need to, to run some good offense to kind of slow them down. They're just, it just you know, that's where a guy like Small can do that for you. So, well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's uh, very versatile too. I mean, he's just not sure, like, he's not sure. just a scorer or a shooter. I mean, he also can rebound and he's up there and assist. He's a playmaker. I mean, he's a pretty much a floor general, which is what you need when you're trying to establish a basketball culture or a new team. I mean, he's the perfect prototype of what you need and losing him. That's huge. I mean, everybody knew it was huge, but I think that was evident last night for sure. All right, let's, uh, do today's pirate report and now patrick johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ecu pirates 94.3 the game this is coach swartz on uh, the ecu sports radio network post game last night talking about what contributed to the pirate loss fouls and, and turnovers were obviously a huge issue for us uh fouling and getting done shooting i think he shot 18 free throws and um yeah, he did 16 of 18, and turnovers, turnovers are a killer. Uh, when, when you turn the ball over like we did, and uh, we just talked about it in there, luck, when, you know, 10 of them came from our point guards. Uh, you know, Jaden Walker had six, and Caleb LeCount had four, and I thought both of them did some, some good things at times during the game, um, but you can't come in uh, potentially being outmanned, outmatched, and in terms of being able to score the basketball and then commit 17 turnovers and put their second leading score on the free throw line 18 times. Uh, speaking of which, the Temple guards, and we, we kind of thought they, I mean, I, face it, Ben, I think the Pirates along the front line, as we kind of predicted here yesterday, were the superior team. Uh, but it was the backcourt where uh, Temple was able to make hay, and uh, the uh, Temple guards were the difference in the game, according to Coach. They're good at everything, to be honest with you, Jeff. They, there's nothing they can't do, uh, whether it's get to the free throw line. I mean, battle was 4-4. Four four. Um, they can both shoot the three. I mean, if there's anything that we did better than we had been doing uh, was ability to guard the three-point line tonight. I mean, that was a big emphasis for us coming off of the last game for South Florida. Uh, and even overall, our defensive numbers would give us a chance uh, to be in the ballgame uh a little bit closer than 15, and I think that's why we had the lead at halftime and why at some points in the second half it was still a possession game is because our defense was keeping us in it outside of the fouling, yeah. um, outside of the fouling. But I thought we guarded the three-point line. They were 5 for 23. Uh, we just couldn't guard Dunn and uh, battle off the bounce. Those are two great players, uh, Damian Dunn with uh, 22 in the win. Uh, the Kinston native. Here is uh, Coach on switching the defense because of that aforementioned foul trouble. We went to the zone. Uh, we even went back to man-to-man -man with them. We said, you know, we're not going to foul out our own guys, so we kept them in there. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Quentin had a couple defensive breakdowns uh, in the second half. And uh, But 
you know, that had nothing to do with why offensively he didn't have the same second half. You're right, he got off to a great start, and, you know, he made three threes tonight. We didn't shoot the ball well outside of him and Ben. Uh, ben made a couple threes tonight, which was good to see. But, um, you know, it's, it's just hard when you let a team shoot 18 free throws from one player. Again, I'm going to look at a lot of things when I watch this tape, but 17 turnovers and free throw line defense are the two things that stick out in my head right now. Yeah, and let's go to cut six on the vast soundbite roster. Uh, ben, uh, Coach Schwartz disappointed with the Pirates uh, losing the 50-50 balls. I do know right away there's two or three plays that at least right now, until I see the tape, that I'm disappointed in in terms of uh, loose balls in the second half and a couple plays that I thought we should have came up with. I know we did. I thought we got on the ground. We did. They got some. We got some. But there's a couple that I really think you have to get in a game like this on the road. And, uh, again, I think we were burned from this, Jeff. Live ball turnovers that lead directly to points. Um, those are very hard to recover from. And then finally, uh, an update on Javon Small. This is uh, Coach, last thing he was asked last night. Nothing yet. Um, you know, I think this week will tell a lot, to be honest with you, just because um, of the time off that you alluded to. So I think they get a chance to really look and decide what the, what the next step is. All right. Uh, Kim McNeil coming up in just a few minutes here with us, and uh, we'll talk about uh, Pirate basketball on the women's side winning last night against Cincinnati and what has led to a uh, – Really good year for them. Right now, Ben B-Baby Byram with a 94-3 The Game Sports Update. Thanks, Patrick. Kinston native Damian Dunn led all scores with 22 points, including 16 points from the free throw line as Temple defeated East Carolina 73-58. Pirates were actually up at the half in this one, 33-28. Dallas would score the first five points of the second half. They even the game up. Temple would eventually hold East Carolina scoreless for nearly four minutes and go on a 14-2 run to extend its lead to 10, and the Owls never really looked back. ECU head coach Mike Schwartz after the game on post-game radio asked about what his team will work on as they won't play again until Tuesday against Tulsa. We will concentrate on everything. We're going to concentrate on uh, becoming a better basketball team, a more sound basketball team, a team that understands how not to turn it over, particularly when we're down our starting point guard, uh, a team that understands that every single possession is very important. And, and I know, uh, you know, Jeff, uh, you and I, I think spoke about this. I think right now we're the... 354th youngest team in the country out of 363 so some of that is experience and learning and being in these environments and then learning from it but that being said every moment we get with this team and it'll start tomorrow uh we will we're going to just work to be better at everything so we can be a better ball club when we do have our next game Quentin DeMunje led the Pirates in scoring with the second straight game with 14 points. Parts back in action next Tuesday against Tulsa and Menji's Coliseum. Tip-off set for 7 o'clock. Network coverage begins right here on the flagship station, the ECU Pirates, 94 through the game at 6.30. And then we'll provide you local pregame coverage of our Pirate game day countdown at 6 o'clock. East Carolina women's basketball team defeated the Cincinnati Bearcats 61-53 to on Wednesday in Menji's Coliseum. Three parts scored in double figures as ECU used a 9-2 run in the fourth quarter to pull away. It's been four wins in the last five for Kim McNeil's Pirates. ECU women will be on the road this weekend. The Pirates are set to interview former Saints head coach Sean Payton tomorrow for their head coach in vacancy. Carolina team owner David Tepper is willing to give Payton just about anything he wants, according to reports. 
Payton has already met with the Broncos and expected also to interview with the Cardinals and Texans. Apparently, they had an interview earlier today. No word on how that interview turned out. In other news, the team signed safety Miles Dorn to a reserve future deal. Dorn played his college ball at UNC before going undrafted in 2020. On to the round of 32 at the Australian Open for Greenville native Tommy Paul, who springs the upset of 30th-seeded Alejandro De- Davidovich Fokina in five sets. I'm sure I nailed it right then. Paul gets countryman Jensen Brooksby tomorrow in the third round. That's going to do it for your 94th of the Game Sports Update. I'm Ben Barham. More from Patrick Johnson and more from Kim McNeil as her women's team is on a roll right now as we speak. More on that on the other side right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. ECU women's basketball coach Kim McNeil right here on 94.3 The Game. We're back in in Pirate basketball on the women's side, getting a big victory last night at home. Uh, the fourth win of the last five games. Kim McNeil is with us uh, here, basketball coach for the uh, Pirates. Coach, great to talk to you. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Congratulations. Nice run uh, for your team here lately. Yeah, we, um, you know, we've gotten off to a, a good start, you know, here in conference play. So feel pretty good about where we are. Obviously, it's still early in the season, a lot of games to play, but, you know, I think we're at a good point right now in some, in some situations and we can continue to grow and, you know, the mistakes that we're making are, are things that we can definitely control. So feel pretty good about where we are right now, but still got a lot of growing to do. Yeah, a lot of basketball left to be played, but uh, you all have certainly uh, surpassed the preseason expectations. What do they know in the preseason, right? But uh, th- this group is playing really good basketball right now on the whole. We are. You know, when, when that preseason ranking came out, you know, it was, Obviously, it's pretty hard pill to swallow, you know, being picked last. I don't think I've ever been picked last in anything <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so, so, so that was pretty hard, um, but kind of expected, you know, when you lose your 20-point score to the portal. Um, you know, I guess that's, you know, where people saw us. But, you know, we really didn't talk about it a lot, Patrick. We, you know, after that um, media day, I came back, told the kids, and talked about it then and then didn't bring it up again until the first um, conference game. Um, and so just talked about, you know, remember, hey, these guys picked us last. You know, they, they said, you know, you weren't any good. They said, I couldn't coach, you know. So we tried to use that as a motivation factor at the beginning. And, and now we use this slogan of, um, you know, we don't have to be who they say we are. And, and that's obviously number 11. We, we don't have to be that. And, and that's all in our control. ECU with a win last night against Cincinnati, uh, pulled away in the fourth quarter, 61-53, the final. And they'll play Saturday at Wichita State at three. That is a game you can watch on ESPN Plus. Next home game will be Wednesday, the twenty fifth. It'll be Pitt County Schools Day, and the Pirates will host Memphis. I would expect uh, coach a pretty good uh, uh, crowd potentially with it being Pitt County Schools Day with the game at six that evening. I'm hoping so. I, I definitely think um, the crowds this year, um, Patrick, have been much better than what I've seen in the past. You know, I, I think that's due to two things. One, the, the um, addition of Amaya Joyner, you know, the local product from Farmville is definitely bringing people out to watch us play and then just, just as winning, you know, and, and, and the way we play, I think we're pretty exciting to watch. And it definitely makes a difference. You know, I hope that we can continue to grow it. I hope that people I feel a little bit of energy in the community um, about women's basketball now, something that they haven't 
had in a really long time. So I'm hoping that we can continue to build that energy, that excitement and get more people in menus because it definitely makes a difference. It makes a difference when, you know, we go on our runs and the crowd gets loud and we do good things. I mean, it makes a huge difference. I hope the community and Pirate Nation continues to come out and support us. Kim McNeil, ECU women's basketball coach, is uh, on the line with us here. Pirates have won four of their last five. Uh, they are uh, off to a really good start in league play at uh, four and two and 13 and six overall. So this has uh, been a really nice beginning to the season for Coach McNeil's team. You mentioned Amaya Joyner. What would you attribute her early season, uh, let's just say, struggles to, Coach? Because she's obviously turned it on here lately. Yeah, several things, Patrick. You know, she went through a, a little a little stretch there where she dealt with some illnesses. You know, she had COVID and then healed from COVID and two days later got the flu. So that that was a tough, a tough stretch for her. And then, you know, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, she, she is a, you know, top 100 kid, most highly uh, recruited kid to ever play here at ECU, local product. And, um, you know, there's a, a lot of people, you know, depending on her, a lot of expectations and, you know, I think it's just a lot of weight on her shoulders and, you know, just her trying to figure out, you know, just, just go out there and play. Don't worry about the pressure. You know, just go out there and do what you can do. Continue to learn the college game. Continue to be learn how to be consistent. Um, and, and everything will be okay. And I think, you know, she's starting to figure that out a little bit. Obviously, she's still a freshman and still has a lot to learn. Um, but she really wants to do well. She wants to please. I know it might not show all the time. Um, but she, she really, really wants to please. She wants to do well. Um, and she just gets a kick out of, you know, at least once or twice a week, she'll text me, Patrick, and say, hey, Coach, I was at Ch- Chipotle, and this lady came up and wanted to take a picture with me. You know, and I'm like, yeah, you're a local superstar. Like, what would you expect? That's why you stayed home, you yeah. know? So, um, but no, I think she's starting to figure it out a little bit. Pace of the game and, and the physicality of the game, how do you feel like that uh, Mai Mai has adapted to that? You know, I think she's still figuring it out, still adjusting. You know, in high school, you know, if you're standing at six two, six three, you normally don't see kids that size. So I can just stand and they can just throw me the ball and I can go get it. You know, I don't have to box out. You know, I can just go get the rebound where, you know, here, especially in our league, you know, it's really hard on both sides, men and women's basketball. This is a really, really good league. And it's very physical down low. And so, you know, I'm trying to get her to understand, like, you can't just stand there. Like, you've got to post up. You've got to get low. You've got to demand the ball. You've got to push back. You know, there are kids out there now that are bigger than you, taller than you, you know, stronger than you, you know, grown women. There's 23, 24-year-olds out there playing because of the COVID year. You know, so it, it's a process. Um, I thought last night she did a really good job really posting up and wanting the ball. and We were able to deliver it to her. Um, but, you know, she will continue to grow as the year goes on. I know one of the things last year was it, it seemed like uh, you had the one score and uh, everybody else got maybe caught watching sometimes. Uh, Danae yeah. McNeil has emerged as uh, quite a score. Now you're getting, I, I, I think, Coach, more contributions more consistently from from players such as Joyner and others that are that are coming along. Um so there is a little more balance, I would think. And then McNeil's healthy, so that makes a big difference. Definitely. I mean, for me as a coach, you know, my ultimate goal is to have four kids in double figures. Um, we're not there yet on the overall stats, but I do think more than last year, you know, we have a second and third threat versus, as you said last year, tonight Thompson was really our only double figure score. Yeah. You know, you look last night, Amaya has 18, Danae has 18. 
Um, Micah Dennis has 12. You know, you look against SMU, Danae, I think, had 26. But we also had one or two kids that were one or two points away from being double figures. You know, we didn't have that last year. So I do think we have more threats. You know, I love my freshman class. Obviously, Amaya, uh, Jayla Earp, and, and Bobby um, Smith, those kids are coming in and playing really, really hard. Um, not really thinking they're freshmen, just coming out and playing hard and it's really bought into the system. And they love ECU. Like they love being here. And that definitely makes a difference. Uh, Coach Kim McNeil joining us here. Patrick Johnson's show. Pirates uh, with a victory last night against Cincinnati at home. They'll be back home next uh, Wednesday, Memphis for Pitt County Schools Day. And uh, that'll be a 6 o'clock tip. You can watch the Pirates uh, play on the road at Wichita State Saturday. It'll be a 3 o'clock tip on ESPN+. Plus. With McNeil, Coach, uh, what do you feel like uh, she is doing that's allowing her to to put up the numbers that she's been putting up, uh, the, the Clemson transfer? Well, you know, this process started, you know, back in the spring and summer. Um, Danae is just an extremely hard worker. You know, I think this generation sometimes feels like, you know, they just want instant success. You know, I'm going to get in the gym one or two days and things should turn around for me. Well, we all know it doesn't work like that. You know, you got to make it a lifestyle. You got to make it a part of your daily habit. And she's definitely done that. And, you know, from this summer, just her getting in the gym with Coach Corey, um, it, it's a lifestyle for her. You know, we, we have to kick her out of the gym. I mean, she's in here every single day. You know, this morning we're getting up and Corey's like, guess who texted me to get in the gym? I was like, who? Danae. You know, that that's every single day, you know. And, and so, you know, I'm a huge believer of hard work pays off and, and it's paying off for She's being consistent. Um, she's understanding where she can score the ball. It's not just in the half court, but I think she really, really gets going when she gets after it defensively. You know, last night she had six steals. I think against SMU she had six steals. So she's really good in transition, finishing at the rim. She's really good at that mid-range game. And I just think, you know, she's so confident right now because she knows that she has put in the work. You and I talked a little bit about this uh, off-air, and you talked about it in your post-game comments last night that there is uh... – now a belief within this team. Definitely. I saw it after the SMU game. You know, we dug a several hole. It was all on us. You know, we got down 16 at the half. And then started the third quarter off, and they scored the first point. So we got down 18. In the past, Patrick, this team would have kind of just threw in the hat and gave up. You know, we fought. We made some adjustments. We got out. We picked, you know, went to the, the full-court press, turned them over, got out in transition really got after in the half court, kind of took the high post away from him, which is killing us in the first half. And actually took the lead. We took the lead. Um, then they took it into overtime, and we, we had a chance to win the game in both regulation and in overtime. And I just saw some things in that team. We just fought. And, you know, another saying that I, I say to them all the time, you know, you can't hide. You can't hide from doing the hard thing. can't hide from it. And, and I thought we we didn't hide from it against SMU we dove on the floor we made winning plays you know we just have to execute better down the stretch offensively but when I walked in that locker room after the game I saw some um I saw some tears um I saw some kids just extremely upset because they had put so much into it and when you put so much into something and it doesn't go your way it hurts and so I saw hurt but I also saw belief and so when I came in there I just talked to them about you know, every situation presents something differently. And you can take something from wins and you can take something from losses. And, yes, we lost that game, but we also grew. We got we got stronger. We grew belief. I saw belief in that locker room that we can win in this league. 
and that we can, you know, be a team that no longer people look on that schedule and say, oh, ECU, that's a win. They're not looking at, at that schedule and saying, oh, sh- we got to bring our A game if we want to be the ECU. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, you've been competitive in all of your conference games. You know, it's interesting uh, with, with the league. South Florida is obviously uh, off to another great start, great team. And uh, Tulsa is also a uh, team that is uh, near the top of the standings. You, you uh, won't get another shot at them. Played them earlier in the year. But, you know, overall on the whole, how do, how do you kind of see this league as it uh, has kind of, you know, evolved and matured since UConn left a few years ago? Yeah, it's no longer top-heavy. I mean, you know, I still, you know, with the with the, the year that South Florida's having, you know, they still had some tough games. You know, Houston took them down to the stretch last night and, and, and definitely could have beat them or took uh, took them into overtime and only lost by two. Um, they've had some close games, you know, whereas in the past when UConn was here, nobody got close, you know, so I think everybody feels confident that they can come out and, and win the league. And it's just it's just so well balanced. It's I mean, there's no game that I can look on this schedule and say, oh, this is a win. This should be a win. I mean, you have to bring it every single night, especially on the road. Road wins are extremely hard to come by. And the fact that we've gotten two so far is just also shown our growth. Yeah. Um, but it's just a very, very well-balanced league. Hey, Coach, good luck. Uh, safe travels to Wichita State. And I uh, want to remind everybody that the Pirates will be back at home against Memphis next Wednesday. That'll be a 6 o'clock tip. You can watch them on ESPN+. Plus. 3 o'clock Saturday as they're at Wichita State. And, Coach, uh, we'll talk to you very, very soon. Thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. And go Pirates. Yep. All right. There she is, Kim McNeil. And uh, they are uh, playing some pretty good basketball right now with uh, a young and talented team. Uh, some moves in the uh, Panthers division coaching-wise. Mentioned that. And uh, where could LeBeijing be headed? To the couch. Some clickbait out there. I don't think he's into the couch. Uh, a lot of clickbait out there, though. All right, we're uh, going to come back and uh, put a bow on this Thursday version of the Patrick Johnson Show. The pitch. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. That ball is gone. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball. 94.3 The Game. Could LeBeijing be going to the Bulls? There was a recent blog post breaking. LeBron James could be traded to the Chicago Bulls. It was posted as clickbait by a lot of places. David Aldridge, who covered the ESP, or covered the uh, NBA for many, many years, now at The Athletic, uh, wrote the source post saying it was a thought exercise. I mean, James is not going to be traded uh, before the deadline, which this was sort of inferring. And, um, I mean, I, I guess the piece actually said, you know, there could be something to it as far as, uh, maybe in the off season, but, uh, anyway, I just thought that was, that was interesting. Cause I saw a lot of people, not terribly bright people, but I did see a lot of people retweeting and posting that on Facebook. Well, he's checking, he's chasing the points record and doesn't Kareem yeah, that's hold what the points? I would think yeah. the Lakers and he, he would want to break that record on the Lakers. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, Byron Leftwich and some other coaches let go from Tampa Bay today. That is Byron Leftwich is not the problem in Tampa Bay. No. Kind of, you can argue and, Brady was kind of the problem on that with that offense for a little bit there. Well, 
Brady was, and then I, I just Todd Bowles is not a proven winner. It's true. He should have never had that head coaching gig. No, should not have. Uh, I would expect Byron Leftwich to uh, resurface. And then the uh, Ravens offensive coordinator will not be back. Greg Roman, wow. I mean, he was all used to be in head coach and vacancy talks all the time the, the last couple of years, and it just kind of died out this year. What does that mean for Lamar Jackson? I, You know, I, I'm not too sure. I don't – I mean, he's going to be back in Baltimore. It's going to be you think so franchise tag. Oh, he'll be franchise. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's not going to be a really pleasant locker room, but he's done a disservice to himself. Problem with him is he doesn't understand. Yeah, the problem with them is he doesn't understand. If he goes somewhere else, they can't just plug and play him in. Like they got to completely change that off. Got to build around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think he's going to win right away if you just plug him somewhere. Like he's going to he's going to be. I'm not going to say he's going to be bad, but his teams are going to be bad for a while once he gets to wherever he wants to go. Mm, well, uh, yeah. But, I mean, it's going to be a situation they'll want him and they will – whoever signs him will want him and build the offense around him. Yeah. With Roman gone, I just wonder what that – I don't know. The Baltimore thing has not felt very good the last couple of years, has it? No, not at all. Has not. What if they replace John Harbaugh with Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> that'd be awesome i i think he'd he'd go for it he's obviously was trying to get out of uh out of michigan make harbaugh the coordinator john uh jim harbaugh <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I realized there's two harbaugh's working with here that's funny that's pretty funny ben good for you making uh making a nice day. that would be something wouldn't it i'll be here all week We'll be here tomorrow, uh, live and in color. Brian Mole's going to be on with us. We're going to talk uh, some college basketball, the pack, and the heels on Saturday. It's at five. That's going to be awesome. I'm excited for it. We'll uh, take a look at that. Look at all the NFL games coming up this weekend in the divisional round tomorrow. Uh, talk some college hoops and probably get Brian to chat, uh, tell us a little bit about his thoughts on the uh, live tour going to the CW as their television uh, partner. 120 million homes. Despite some scoffing out there. That's syndicated TV right there. Oh, it's network. It's over the air. It's over the air television. Nothing on TV tonight, by the way. Nothing. All right, uh, thanks to Kim McNeil for joining us. Ben Byram, uh, good to see you, intern Dom. And uh, we'll catch you tomorrow in the morning on Talk of the Town and tomorrow back here at 5 on the Patrick Johnson Show. Just one time.